and welcome to Midweek Bible Study. It is so, so great to see you here on a Wednesday night. Get comfortable. If you have a notebook, if you have a pen, get out your Bible, dust it out from the back if you haven't read it in a minute. Just take a moment, take a deep breath. Let it all go. Let your week so far go. And we're going to get into the Word. I hope that you have been loving the parables of Jesus. I definitely have. I've talked about it a bunch. I did not know that there was that many. And um, it's great that we're going through them. It's proven to be very helpful. I'm glad that we're doing this. And um, I thought I would start off with just a couple Bible study tips. This is a Bible study uh service. So we're going to go through some of the Bible study tips that I, Bible study tips that I have learned. Um, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Some of you may know, some of you may not know. It's the Gospels. The Gospels are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And that the Gospels mean that that is the ministry of Jesus. The ministry of Jesus was accounted for in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Obviously, Jesus was talked about in uh, the Old Testament and the New Testament. He was prophesied, but the actual life of Jesus on this earth was mainly talked about in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all wrote, the, wrote their said chat books of the Bible. They wrote their said books. And so um, you may have noticed as we're going through all of the different uh, parables that there's actually cross-references. So uh, Pastor Julian spoke on asking for a friend in Luke. And today I'm actually speaking in Mark, and there's actually some of the parables in Matthew as well. And that's because it was all different perspectives, the perspective of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all on what was happening in Jesus's life and ministry during that time. So that's why you may be wondering, why is there the same parable in, we're kind of skipping around, it doesn't really, it's not very chronological, is because there are different perspectives in different books of the Bible. So I challenge you that um, I'm reading from Mark tonight, but cross-reference them, get that different perspective, get the um, different ways that uh, what was happening at the time. As you know, if you and your friends all see the same situation, you guys are probably gonna see it a little bit differently. You're gonna pick up on different things. So check out Matthew, Mark, Luke. The parables are not in John. I have come to find, though. But John is still really, really great. I love him. <laughs> Honestly, he's probably the disciple I relate to the most. He's the one that's like, the, he calls himself the uh, disciple whom Jesus loved. And I just find that very endearing. <laughs> um, another uh, Bible study tip that I have for you that was crucial to me. I had the hardest time connecting with the Bible. I don't know if it's because... I started reading the Bible in high school while I was also reading textbooks. And they can very much, you know, the Bible can feel like this holy, ancient, revered text that you're like, wow. Um, but it's actually, you can have a relationship with a book. It's so weird. Like the same way that you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit or with Jesus, you actually have with the Holy Word because the Word is Jesus. Mind-blowing, it's, it's, it's crazy to explain, but it's not a textbook. And so if you read it like a textbook, I just challenge you to take a minute. Like, say, open up your Bible or close it, whatever you want to do. And before you start reading, before you start reading, ask the Holy Spirit for help. The Holy Spirit was sent to this earth as our advocate, it says. Jesus actually says in his word that it's better that he leaves so that the Holy Spirit could come and help us, which is wild to think about. So take a minute. Like, pray and ask, Holy Spirit, would you help me? Would you help me understand what these texts mean? I know that it can be really confusing, but I want to connect with you through your word. And trust me on this, he will come through for you. 
for sure. So all that to say, when we're going through the parables of Jesus and you're reading your word on a weekly basis, and I'm going to talk about the importance of the word a little bit later, so that's a little precursor, but make sure that you're asking the Holy Spirit for help because he's there for you. That's what he's here for. He's amazing. All right, so we're going to talk about the parable of the lamp tonight. I'm sure you've heard the parable of the lamp. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. You know that song? Hey, hey. I think that's like a nursery rhyme. I'm pretty sure. Um, in math, it, so it says in Mark 4, verses 21 through 24, it says, Then Jesus asked them, Would anyone light a lamp and then put it under a basket or under a bed? Of course not. A lamp is placed on a stand where its light will shine. For everything that is hidden will eventually be brought into the open, and every secret will be brought to light. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Then he added, pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given, and the more you, and you will receive even more. The title of my message, this is really exciting, I've never done this before. The title of my message is Fight for Light. Wow. Fight for Light. Before we start talking about light, we have to talk about its arch nemesis, which is darkness. Every good movie has a light and a dark. Star Wars, um, I was about to say Wizards of Waverly Place. I meant Harry (laughs) Potter. Whoa, didn't mean that. Anyway, um, and darkness is so funny. I think that we have this perception of what darkness is. For me growing up, I was not allowed to watch Harry Potter, so that was considered darkness. Um, There were certain shows. It was very simplified. Like, darkness is like... You know, that's a dark, you know, that's dark uh, witchcraft. You know, it's very, it seems very um, spooky. Darkness is like Halloween and like, ooh, ooh, you know. Um, (laughs) But darkness is actually something that we experience every single day. And a lot of us who think we're living in the light are actually not. News flashed. I recognized that as I was preparing for this message. I'm like, oh, darkness is just looming at every corner. We got darkness everywhere in every orifice of everything because darkness is comfortable, right? Darkness is what we sleep in every single night. Darkness is cozy. Listen, when you, you you got that fireplace going, but every other light in your house is not now because it's 100 degrees outside. But winter, cozy, yes. It's dark. It's raining outside. We love a little comfy, cozy darkness, don't we? And that's where we're all kind of at right now, if I could be honest. Like, we're all just cozy in our darkness. You open up Instagram and I, you immediately get depressed, it feels like. Like, there's just thing after thing after thing that is going on. I mean, this is probably the darkest time of my generation, I don't know about you, but other than like World War II and like all that stuff that happened not that long ago, like this is bad. Like we can't deny that this is a bad situation we are in, right? Man, and I just, I, I, this scripture really encouraged me because I was like, oh wow, light, light is real. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. God is here, but we're gonna talk about darkness. I'm not gonna get ahead of myself. I'm gonna talk about four different areas darkness often comes into our life. It is in our heart, our mind, our perspective, and our choices. I'm going to first talk about our heart, which is the most fragile, I feel like, of all of them, because, man, your heart has your hurt, your brokenness, the relationships you have, the people that you are with. Those are the ones that impact you the most. I don't know what your relationship with your parents are like, but, man, those are can be some of the toughest relationships. Your family, because they're the closest to you, but you didn't pick them. They're there. They're just here. Um, and a lot of times that... It, 
a heart, the, our heart is one of the most vulnerable things. It's the things that we, we, we let our walls down and we let people in, and that's when people can come and hurt us, and then darkness can come in. If we don't keep in check what's happening in our heart, and we don't guard our heart, which you've heard in Proverbs 4.23, it says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. The course of your whole life is what your heart guides and determines the whole course of your life. So are you guarding your heart? Maybe, and to say that you have to guard your heart, that means that something bad could get in there. And it also means to protect what good is in there. So heart is definitely a crucial one. Number two is your mind. How's your mind doing right now? Mine's not doing great. It's not. I mean, I thank God for God, right? But I, that's probably thing. I mean, I'm not even going to say that because honestly, all these things I've been struggling with during this time. Um, but your mind is more, is more, I'm realizing during this time that minds are more powerful than I thought they were. The thoughts that you have about yourself, others in the world, whew, your mind, man, it's a wild place. You can imagine things. You can come up with things. You can... I mean, it's, it's crazy. Have you ever, like, this is going to be a girly, a girly thing to say, but you know when you, like, look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, I mean, this looks all right. And then you walk, I, I live with two girls who are my favorite people in the world, Natasha and Kenna, and I sometimes, we will walk out of our rooms and we'll all go, oh, okay, to each other because I think that we, we see ourselves one way and we have thoughts about ourselves that are so much hard. I mean, we are so hard on ourselves just as a human race. I feel like we are so, so hard on ourselves. And then when we walk into uh, with our friends or people that we're close with, we're like, oh, wait, I am doing okay. I am doing all right. But our minds can be trapped in certain thought processes. In Romans 1, 21, it says, yet, yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God even or even give him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Man, I don't want to be this. I don't want to be this. And it's so easy to do during this time. It is so, so easy. When racial injustice started happening and, and being everywhere and on the news and all the deaths that were happening, I was this. I was, get, I was getting to this place of dark. I was just like, there's so much darkness. Like I, don't under, like, I don't understand. I don't know how to get out. I don't know. And thankfully, like through these past months and learning a lot of things about the world and the way the justice system works, it has given me a little bit of hope. But man, it is dark. It is so dark. And there are three things that happened to them before their minds got dark. Number one, it says at the beginning of the scripture that they wouldn't worship. Worship is so crucial. And I think a lot of times we think worship is the 15 minutes of Christian karaoke that we have at the beginning of the uh, worship or before the message, which I understand. That makes sense that you may think that. But actually, worship is really a, a, a mind and a heart check of what you really believe in. What do you really believe in? It, it, it readjusts, okay, wait a second. I can't do this. I am not my own king. I am not my own savior. I need so much help. I am so broken. I can only live and breathe on this earth because of the grace that you have for me. You are my king. You are my savior. You are worthy. And if we don't check ourselves, man, 
It's a sad, it, 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 can, it can be a dark place, right? We're talking about darkness. They had idols and things that were before God. What things are before God for you right now? Is it your stress? Is it your paying rent in the next, or it's the second. So how, how's rent doing? Is that, your, is that on your mind right now? Is that on the forefront? It's so easy to do though. It's, and everyone does it. Everyone does it. The number two thing, so they wouldn't worship. And number two is that they wouldn't be thankful. Yes. Oh boy, this one, this one. So I'm gonna tell you a little story real quick. Um, if I hope a year ago that you guys saw the Watoto Choir come. They come ever so often to our church. They are absolutely incredible. They are a children's choir. They are from Uganda. They are the most perfect human beings, I believe, to be walking the face of the earth. And I got the honor and the privilege of hosting them while they were here. It was a group of like 30 kids. It was a little bit stressful because they're so perfect and you don't want anything bad to happen to them. So I was just like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, God help me. Um, obviously, I had a lot of help with me, but when something is valuable, you want to take care of it. Anyway, that's a sidebar. Um, I got the privilege of hosting them, and we actually took them to Disneyland, which was Disneyland. If you don't know me, you're about to find out. Disneyland is like one of my favorite places on earth. I grew up in Orlando for a little bit of my early childhood, so I grew up going to Disney World, and I loved it there. It's just a part of who I am at this point. You walk into our house, and there's Disney stuff everywhere. Yes, I am that person. Please don't come for me. Um, but we were at Disneyland, and we were at the end of the day, and we were walking um, through the Star Wars ride, which is one of my favorites. Um, and I was looking down. I literally remember where I was. And I was looking down, and I was complaining to the Lord about something that I wanted. And I was like, God, I just don't understand. Like, I don't understand why I don't have this yet. Like, this is the thing that I want more than anything in the world. Like, I just don't understand. Like, what am I doing wrong? Honestly, I was beating myself up. I was like, what have I done wrong? Like, why? I don't understand why I don't have this. Like, I know that you love me. I know that you care for me, but you're not giving me what I want. I don't, like, I must be doing something wrong then, right? And God gave me the most powerful, he speaks to me a lot in pictures, and he gave me a picture of an advent calendar. And if you don't know, like an advent calendar, you can buy one from the store that has like chocolate or like different soaps. I don't know. There's different ones that you can get during Christmas. And you open, it's like a leading up to Christmas excitement where you open up the door on each um, day and there's a gift. So if you get one of chocolates, it's like a certain type of chocolate. Sometimes they're in cute shapes. Um, that's detail that is irrelevant to this. Um, but you go through and you, um, you have a gift each day, right? And God said, the gift that you want is on day 24. You're on day three. You're missing today's gift. And I went, oh, he said, you are at Disneyland, your favorite place ever, on one of your favorite rides ever with the most perfect human beings walking the planet. And you're complaining to me? And it was the kindest. Listen, God is so kind. He is so kind in the way he talks to me. I truly don't deserve it because I'm sitting here complaining. I'm at Disneyland with great, like, what am I doing? And I got so checked, so checked and so convicted about my gratefulness. And so for you right now, well, hold on. I'm going to get to that. I'm going to get to that. So that was like in October-ish. For Christmas, my precious friend, Grace, who plays the keys here, she's one of my favorite humans, um, she got me a calendar for Christmas. It was a rip-off calendar. It was Disney. Um, and so uh, at the beginning of the year, God said, hey, I want you to be really intentional about your gratefulness, which wild because we know where this year has brought us. Um, and she said, or and he said, each day, rip off, because it's one of those tear-off calendars where you, like, throw it away, technically. But uh, rip it off, and on the back of it, write what the gift was that day. 
just kind of putting into place the whole advent calendar thing. So I ripped it off, and I have, I was going to bring it, but I'm like, that's too much. I have a stack this thick, because we're halfway through the year of gifts. And this has been a tough year, man. Some days vary from hanging out with friends, and some days are, I got groceries today. Because, listen, going to the grocery store was real scary at the beginning. I don't know if you remember. In March, when we had to wear masks, I was grateful that I was able to have access to food. But it really shaped my entire year. And every single day, I tear it off, flip it over, and write something down. And I look at all the days, and I'm like, wow, I don't know what day day we're on yet or in the year, but at least 100 gifts are given to me daily. And honestly, there's more than just one. There's so many things that happen to the day. Sometimes I write down multiple. So the same thing for you, I'd encourage you. I know that things are really, really difficult. I'm not trying to say that, like, you just need to be grateful. But, like, it it, it is crucial in, in, in where your mind is at. It's crucial on are you grateful for what's happening right now? Because there's not a lot to be grateful for. But I, I have come to find that when I take a step back and I notice that I'm going into a dark mindset or I'm thinking about the thing that I was complaining about at Disneyland, I'm like, wait a second. But I'm, I live in a beautiful place with wonderful people. I, get, I have my job. I have Oasis. I, have, I live in California. Like, it can get so simple. I got to go for a drive. My car works. Like, there are so many gifts every single day that the Lord gives us. That was a long tangent, but gratefulness is key. Number three, number three of things that happened before their minds got dark is that they changed their ideas of who God was to fit their failures and their sin. Have you gotten to a point where you're like, it's fine. God's grace is sufficient. It's so sufficient. It is sufficient. But do you want to live in a dark place? Do you want to rely day after day on the grace? I mean, we do anyway, but there's some things that we don't have to experience. I think a lot of times, we talk about the law and we talk about the rules. And pe- I am a rule follower, a rule follower. People who know me know it's a little bit scary with COVID. I'm like, wear the mask, hand sanitizer every 15 seconds. Like, we got to follow the rules. Um, but, but, the reason why God gave us rules is a protection thing. It's not because he's trying to stop our fun. He knows, hey, if you, I would just like discipline with kids. If you stick your finger in an electrical socket, you're going to get hurt. Like, it, just give it a shot. See what happens. And I think a lot of times people live their life that way where I'm just going to try it and see what happens. And honestly, I don't want to see what happens. I don't want to get electrocuted. (laughs) I don't want to. I don't want to have to rely on God's grace. I do rely on God's grace daily, but there are some areas where I know that he has given me a rule or he has given me guidance and I follow it because I don't want to get electrocuted. I don't want to go to a place where I have to uh, be built back up again, that that darkness has kind of clamped on in ways that it didn't necessarily need to. I don't want... I don't want to have to change who God is to fit my perspective. I want to change to fit God's perspective. Speaking of perspective, that is number four. I'm listing a lot of things. Number four on four areas uh, darkness comes into our life is our perspective, our outlook and our interpretation of what the outlook is. It says in Matthew 6, your eye is a lamp that provides light for your whole body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. So, I'm going to ask you, what are you seeing right now? What are you looking for? 
Are you looking for darkness? Are you looking for justice in a way that maybe God's not asking you to, to look for? I was reading this, I'm reading this book right now. It's a fiction book. It has nothing to do with Jesus, but I'm going to make it fit into this. Hear me out. The main character, you all are going to laugh. It's fine. The main character is a mind reader. You didn't laugh. Okay, great. Um, <laughs> the main character is a mind reader. And thanks. <laughs> Uh, the main character is a mind reader, and he um, is interested in this person, and he's trying to get to know this person, but instead of just going up and talking to this person, he reads a bunch of people's minds who are friends with this person. And it was interesting to me because I'm reading this book, and he was in one person's mind. Follow me here. I, this will all make sense in a second. Um, he was in one person's mind, and that person's um, perspective was so askew from other people's perspectives that the main character jumped out of that person's mindset and said, oh, that's not right. And I think a lot of times we don't do that with ourselves. We've, we go into these long thought processes of, well, what if, and maybe that, I mean, the amount of times I thought I had COVID and I didn't because of my <laughs> perspective, it, it, perspective goes into, <laughs> perspective goes into thought process or in the way your mind thinks. So you just, your perspective, well, I mean, I feel this way, so then that must be the truth. And uh, your outlook on even how you view yourself, your perspective on the world right now, I get it. I get it. It's so dark. COVID is real. All of this stuff is so, so real. But your, your perspective is crucial. And then your choices is number four. And I'm going to keep this one real short. What are you led by? Are you led by your feelings? Are you led by your thoughts? Are you led by what you think is right, what is good in the moment? Are you led by the light? Because darkness comes in in choices. Your whole trajectory can be changed by choices that you make. So the light. Sorry, I brought you way down. We're going to pick it back up. We're going to talk about the light. The light exposes things. Have you ever been exposed? It says in Mark, we're going to go back to the parable, Mark 4.22. For everything that is hidden will eventually be brought into the open, and every secret will be brought to light. This is hopeful. Isn't that crazy that your secret being brought to light is actually good? The darkness that we're talking about in all those areas, it's actually a good thing. Have you ever, when we, were, when we were still having church in the actual building, which we will soon do in the future, I'm speaking, I'm speaking and yeah, hopefully it happens. Um, but there would be, we had, you know, three services. And so there would be times where I'd be in the church from like 7.30 in the morning to like 12. And I'd be like, oh, I'm going to go grab a coffee. And I would walk outside of our sanctuary and be blinded by the light. I don't know if you remember that or experienced that coming out of service and being like, whoa. Because our sanctuary is so dark to control the, the lights for worship and the message and everything. And the light hurts. The light is hurtful. Light burns. The lamp that they're talking about, he's not talking about electricity. He's talking about fire. Purifying fire. <laughs> Have you ever been exposed? So the light, right? The light is really simple, but can be the hardest to actually rely on. Because we want to rely on ourselves so badly. We want to get it all figured out. I am so victim of this. 
It's like, I got it. I don't need any help. I need help. I do need help. I do need help. I'm speaking over myself. It says in Psalm 119, verse 105, I said this a lot in middle school. Um, I went to a Christian private middle school. We said it as like the Pledge of Allegiance. It was really cool. It was really cute. It says, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. And the word is the Bible. The word is God. It's all the same thing. Are you letting the word guide you right now? Are you letting the word illuminate the light? Illuminate the darkness that's within you? Are you letting the word be the light? Are you digging into the word right now? I get it, man. It's tough. It's tough. You're tired. Your mind's getting the best of you. But I'm telling you right now, the word brings so much light. It makes you feel like you're not alone, that God sees you. Have you read Psalms? If you haven't read Psalms, David was going through it. David was going through it in the Psalms. And the word gives so much relief and so much guidance. The word is so, so crucial right now. If you're not digging into your word, you will struggle. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. And the cool part about the word is that the word has transcended all of time. It was there in the beginning. It says in Genesis, there, then there was the light. It was there. Jesus is the light. We're going to get to that in a second, though. I was a little precursor. Um, but the word has transcended through every war, every famine, every plague, every, everything the word has transcended. And I think that we, we look outside and we're like, there's no hope. There's no hope. So what am I supposed to do? The word. The word. And the Holy Spirit is our comforter. Like I was talking about earlier, the advocate. It says in John 14, 15 through 19, if you love me, obey my commandments and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads us, who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and it doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Since I live, you will also live. That was what I was referencing earlier. Holy Spirit is our comforter. Remember how I was talking about how dark is com- comfy? But the Holy Spirit is our comforter. The darkness is a false comfort. The Holy Spirit is the real comforter where you can be exposed in the light and he comes and says, it's going to be okay. And you become transformed into a new person. Are you relying on the Holy Spirit during this season? The light always overpowers the darkness. Always, 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 always. Remember that. I know that things seem hard right now. They are hard. They don't seem, they are hard right now. But light, when we're talking about seeing a victory, the battle has already been won. Jesus came and died and it was over. It was over. We're just here to talk about Jesus now. That's what it's about. Over and over and over again, it just talks about spreading the gospel so that every single person on this planet knows that Jesus came, died, loves us. He's our king. He's our savior. But the battle is won. We have the victory. I know it's hard to believe, but it always, always overpowers the darkness. It says in John 1, 5 ESV that the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Now, if you don't remember anything from this message, I totally understand but this is the one thing I want you to take away. The title of this message was A Fight for Light, but it's really not a fight. It's really simple. Light is Jesus. Jesus is the light. And the more we have Jesus in us, the more darkness can't live there. 
It says in John 12, 46, I have come as a light to shine in this dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. You don't have to remain in the dark. I know that it's easy. I know that it's, it feels like a fight. But really trusting in Jesus, trusting that he knows what's going on, even though that we don't, is crucial. It says in John 8, 12, Jesus, the light of the world. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you don't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. It's not really a fight. It's the awareness and expression of Jesus in our lives that shines light. So when it talks about being a, a lamp or a light on a lampstand, she's just talking about Jesus. Are you shining Jesus? Or are you shining false joy, pretending that everything's okay, pretending that you got your life together? I've got it figured out. Are you trying to shine you? It doesn't work. I've tried it. It doesn't work. Jesus is the only, only light that is on this earth. And the more that we are like him, the more darkness isn't here anymore. I love you guys so much. This was so, so much fun to be with you here tonight. I hope that you take some time to go through the discussion questions and really start to think about Jesus being the light. I hope that you wake up every morning knowing that your, the Holy Spirit is there for you, that the Word is there for you, and that Jesus came and died, and He is here with you still. That there is hope on the other side of this, that God loves you as cheesy, as simple as it can be. It is so true, and it has to be the foundation that we're standing on during this time. I love you guys so, so much, and I will see you soon.